Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. In order to get the optimal listening experience, make sure that you are using headphones. We've added some new sound effects to this episode, and I hope that you enjoy them. Welcome to Keeping Afloat, Season 2, Episode 6. This is Part 2 of Becoming a Cruise Director. Right now, though, I'm cruise directing my car as I drive around the very quiet streets of Toronto. Usually, I oversee entertainment aboard cruise ships around the world, from hosting the shows, dances, parties, and more, to planning the entire guest experience. It's my job to make sure the passengers aboard my ships are having a blast. Just a quick disclaimer. While this show is mostly based on my experience, some situations may have been modified for entertainment purposes. For privacy purposes, the names of the original characters have been changed. The accents in this show are for dramatic and character identification purposes only, and are not intended to offend anyone. And finally, the views expressed in this show are mine, and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. As I open the door to my handover cabin, I struggled to get my bags through the little teeny tiny door. The cabin was on deck 10 forward, near all the other senior officers, just behind the bridge. A bit of background. A couple of days earlier, I disembarked the Oceanic Freedom, where I was shadowing the cruise director, this guy named Fred, who was super, super nice to me. I spent three days in Miami basically just being a tourist. I actually ended up getting a pair of those weird toe shoes, which I I think are really cool, but I know that they can be a hot topic. So make sure you send me a message after this episode and tell me if you approve or disapprove, because I'm a little shy to wear them in public, to be honest. Anyway, Justin Delaney, the person from Ocean Cruise Line's head office that was training me, had been doing a really good job at keeping me entertained while I was in Miami. He'd taken me for drinks with the other Ocean Cruise Line staff, and he'd even invited me over to his house for dinner one evening. Overall, the time that I spent with Justin was really nice. It was one-on-one, and it was different from our business interactions during training. It was a complete contrast from the original phone call we had had about a week ago, where he had told me that I had to step it up because the other two cruise directors that I was shadowing with were causing drama. At this point, Justin had spent the morning driving me to the ship, dropping me off, and even coming aboard for 10 minutes to show me around. But otherwise, that was kind of the end of my interaction with him. My handover cabin, though, was really nice. It was an inside room. The furnishings were, well, 1982 had called, and they wanted their furniture, bedsheets, and carpet back. And the carpet had this weird stain in front of the wardrobe. But aside from that, it was clean. And to be honest, the cabin looked barely used. The washroom was huge for a cruise ship bathroom. The shower could easily fit too, and I will say the water pressure was exceedingly strong, something you don't really feel in crew cabins. Now the toilet had its own separate divider, and I'm only talking about this because it's relatively hard to find these things on a cruise ship. I set my stuff down and got right to it, because my handover started right there and then. It was game time. Maxime Selavi was the cruise director of the Oceanic Euphoria, the ship that I would eventually be taking over. He'd been on board at this point for just over five months, which is a lot for a cruise director. Despite the ship being older, Ocean Cruise Line had actually retrofitted a mini cell phone network into it, much like what was on my last cruise line. What that meant was that I had a phone to call pretty much anybody on the ship. Maxime, it's Kabir. I'm on board. Fantastic. Let's meet for a coffee on deck nine. I'll see you there. The coffee bar was nearly empty as the ship had just finished its disembarkation process. Glad you made it in one piece. So first things first, you, sir, have an expense account. Maxime turned to the barista and ordered two coffees. Put it on the cruise director account, please. 
the perks of this job were already starting to show. We did a walkthrough of the entire ship before eventually taking a seat back on the promenade. Okay, Maxime, what do I need to know? What are the essentials? Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. As you know, they're introducing a new system. So right now, I am head of department. But when you take over, it will be you and the entertainment director, Elliot. Just to backtrack, Ocean Cruise Line wanted to get the cruise directors out more and interacting with people. So as a result, they brought in the entertainment director role to oversee the administration for the department. I was going to be the first cruise director for Oceanic Euphoria to roll out that new structure. Maxime sat back and explained that while Elliot had been given the entertainment director job, his past experience was as a production manager backstage, and that meant that he was limited in terms of his knowledge of management and understanding entertainment on a ship as a whole. As I said before, it's not about what you know, but who you know. And I was worried, because based on the tone of Maxime's voice, it sounded like I was walking into what was going to be a battleground. Having moved around a lot over the past couple of weeks, it was nice to feel somewhat settled. It had just been like, pack, unpack, pack, unpack. So now at least I knew I was in a similar area to where I'd be staying. After Maxime and I had finished our coffees, I decided to head to my cabin to start unpacking. As I opened the door, I just felt like something was off. All of my bags had been moved around from where I left them. Bags that were on the desk were now on the floor. One of the suitcases was now on the bed, but not on the bed like on the edge. I mean like in the middle of the bed. So I'd have to reach over it in order to pull it back. But there weren't any marks on the sheets or anything. And it was weird because to get a 40 pound suitcase on the bed, it, I mean, it wouldn't have been easy for one person to do. Anyway, I thought it was odd, but it could have been the cabin steward maybe doing a final cleaning or something. I just remember specifically about that cabin it was a really weird energy, but I didn't really have that much time to read too much into it. I unpacked my suitcases, knowing that the next time I'd unpack, I would be in that cabin for six months. The first day of handover, now that was going to be hectic. I was going to be meeting up with Maxime to do the emergency drill in about an hour. And from there, it was a sail away party, team meeting, first night's game show, welcome aboard show, a party in the atrium, and walk the promenade. It was a full-on day of running around, observing, and taking it all in. Walking into the bridge was incredible, as always. It, to this day, it never ceases to amaze me. But at this point in the story, this was only the second time I'd ever been to the bridge. Clearly, they were getting ready for departure. Just as I walked in, I could hear them communicating with the engine room. Engine room, this is the bridge. Please transfer control to us. Copy, ECR transferring control. We walked over to where the public address system was, which is toward the back of the bridge, behind a divider. Almost kind of in this banished corner. Maxime pulled out this massive binder full of emergency procedures and announcements, and kind of thunked it onto the counter. Okay, everything you need to know is here. The process itself was the same as when I had observed Fred on the Oceanic Freedom. Good afternoon and welcome aboard the Oceanic Euphoria. This is Maxime, your cruise director, with an important announcement. In 15 minutes time, the ship will conduct a general emergency drill. This drill is mandatory by maritime law and all passengers must attend, even if you have cruised before. At this time, all of the ship's guest service facilities will close in preparation for the drill. All crew, please be in position by 15.30. Just then, Maxime's radio chimed. Bridge for Monster Station A. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we weren't ready for that announcement, so uh, let us know next time. Monster Station A, the purpose of an announcement is to announce to you what is going on. Uh... 
Yeah, Monster Station A. Call me now, please. Maxime looked exasperated. Look, I won't lie, you're walking into a lot of drama. As Maxime filled me in, I could feel my blood pressure rising. The first thing was the hotel director, Daryl Davis. He was just a tired, grumpy guy that clearly was a poor leader. The second thing was the new entertainment director that was currently in the process of being trained, Elliot Dwyer. Elliot didn't have a lot of experience managing a team, and apparently, he had been walking around the ship telling the entertainment team, Haha, I'm your boss! My thought was, what the heck am I walking into? What a mess. The final straw was that there was a new captain coming right at the same time that I would be taking over. And him and the hotel director, Daryl, did not get along at all. Overall, I could see this being one of the most challenging contracts I would ever experience. After the emergency drill, Maxime ran to his cabin to get changed into his sailaway gear. The sailaway party was... It was hard, but it was also really fun. As I walked onto the pool deck, the first thing I noticed was that it was a hot Miami day, and we were going to be dancing right under the sun, in the heat. The ship was still alongside the pier, which also meant there was going to be no wind on deck. The vibe was nice, the music was playing, people were around, Maxime jumped on stage and started getting people pumped up. Alright, who's happy to be on vacation? Let's get this party started. I'm Maxime, your cruise director, and this is your sail away party. The party itself lasted just 30 minutes or so, and the DJ eventually took over. Maxime walked over to me, just from the bottom of the stairs by the stage, and said, Expert tip, bring water with you. Maxime was drenched. And I was a little bit worried about it, because I had never taught line dances before, and there were a lot of dance moves to remember. Ocean Cruise Line was very adamant on sticking to their dances as well. Plus, all the entertainment team knew the moves, from the kids team to the cast and the crew staff, all of whom were on deck and part of the sail away party. What was incredible, though, was the atmosphere. It was inviting. It was fun. I did notice that a few guests actually joined in, but for the most part, it was an observation type deal. The second the party was over, Maxime threw the microphone to the DJ and signaled for me to follow him. I know it's a tight squeeze because we want the department meeting to be soon after the drill as possible. That way, everybody has time for a little bit of a break before we have to start with the evening stuff. The various members of the entertainment team all sat in their various groups. It was actually really sweet. The techs were on one side, the production cast sitting on the other, laughing and joking as usual. The crew staff were all sitting together. And I remember as I looked at them thinking, what an interesting looking group of people. There was this tall, lanky one, a short one with red hair, one that looked really upset, just a really modly looking odd crew. All right there, guys. Hello, I'm Elliot, the entertainment director, but you can just call me the boss. Let's get started. Maxime stood up in front of Elliot. Actually, Elliot, you take over next cruise, my friend. Please have a seat. Without any protest, Elliot literally just descended and took a seat a few rows away. Look, everyone, we'll keep this week's meeting short because next week's meeting is going to be a lot longer. This is Kabir. He is taking over from me in two cruises and he is on handover, so please show him a warm welcome, but not too warm. It was a pretty light meeting overall, and it was clear to see that Maxime was a good cruise director, a good leader. He was organized, he knew the ship and the flow of the ship like the back of his hand, and his team really respected him. As I got back to my cabin, Maxine ran off to make another announcement. Meanwhile, I took a very well-deserved nap, because the next time I needed to be up and out, it would be just three hours later, and that would be for the first game show of the cruise, plus the Welcome Aboard show. As I slept, I kept waking up, 
because I felt this pressure kind of on my chest. And there was also like a presence almost near me all the time. When I opened my eyes, it was clear that it was just a bad dream. But what I was actually feeling, thinking back to it, was the pressure of the actual job starting to creep up on me. Because even in just that first day, what I had just seen was so heavily concentrated. As it'll turn out, the pressure I was actually feeling was darker than I could have ever imagined. Since you're here, I'm assuming you're enjoying the show. Help support it and ensure that these episodes keep coming out and getting better and better by picking up some cool merch from the Cruise Director Kabir store. Use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, it supports the show. Happy listening! The ship gently swayed back and forth as we made our way from the Bahamas to Miami. Now this was a relatively short distance that was prolonged by the cruise line's want for an additional sea day. This way guests could enjoy an extra day of their cruise and they could maximize onboard revenue. Now this was also a very very important day because it was the final night before I swapped over from being just another person on board to being the cruise director. I stood there in the bathroom of my handover cabin, looking in the mirror as I styled my hair. I made sure it was perfect, because I had really big plans this evening. As much as it was the night before my first day, it was Maxime's final night on board, and he had invited me for drinks in the ship's martini bar. As I turned around to walk out of the bathroom in my cabin, I felt cold. The room was freezing, and on this particular ship, the only thing I could do to control the temperature in my cabin was to close the air vent, which to my surprise was actually already closed. I walked out of my cabin, shutting the door behind me, and headed one deck down. The casino was packed as I walked down the promenade, likely people trying to get their final winnings, or a lot of the time I've heard stories of um, when people play in the casino to cover the cost of their bill. And believe it or not, it does happen. As I continued walking, I could hear my name being called. Kabir! Maxime was sitting along the promenade next to the casino. This is a better place to sit for us for just a few minutes because visibility is key. And he was right. It was the final day of the cruise, and he wanted to make sure that every single guest knew who he was and saw that he was out and about. Maxine took a sip from his martini. So, are you nervous? I'm as nervous as much as you are relieved. He chuckled, and a few minutes later we got up and headed to the martini bar. As we took our seats, a bar waiter brought out two martinis. Maxime looked at me, winked, and said, It's extra strong. Welcome to the club, my friend. You're a cruise director now. We clinked glasses. He stood up, walked around, and took the seat next to me instead of being across. My friend, listen. You are in for a lot of bullshit. And I didn't want to tell you at the beginning, but this ship is cursed. There's a lot of weird energy here. What kind of energy? Bad kind. This ship is full of mysteries. There was a dancer that disappeared on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. A fire, mysteriously, that started on the I-95 corridor on Deck Zero. A girl found in her room behind the cabin door. Something about that final story ignited my curiosity. What story is this about a girl behind a cabin door? Maxime leaned even closer, enough that he was practically speaking into my ear so that nobody else could hear him. He told me a story a story of a couple, Gabriella, a dancer from the ship's production cast, and Alessandro, a bridge officer. They had met aboard the ship, and they had been dating for several months. This was apparently a few years ago. It was a hot and cold relationship. Alessandro wanted to see Gabriella in his sights at all times, 
and Gabriella was always out with her friends. The cast is usually a very tight-knit crew, and I can understand how she was always out and he wanted her to stay in. One evening six years ago, they got into a yelling match. One thing led to another, and in the end, Alessandro stormed out of the cabin, slamming the door and heading to the bridge for his shift as the officer of the watch. According to her friends, Gabriella was so sick and tired of the drama with Alessandro, but she loved him. There was something about his passion for her that kept her coming back. Even though they fought, she knew he would always protect her. Anyway, after that fight, Gabriella wanted to teach Alessandro a lesson. That if he kept pushing her, he would eventually lose her. So Gabriella went into her bag and found a bunch of breath mints. And she thought she'd make it look like she had overdosed for when Alessandro came back to the cabin at the end of his shift. She wrote him a fake suicide note. All of this to teach him a lesson. Ten minutes before his shift was going to end, Gabriella put the note and a bunch of quote-unquote pills, which were really breath mints, all over the nightstand. She went to the bathroom to adjust her makeup so it looked just right. That night, she was supposed to be on stage, but she ended up twisting her ankle in the show the previous night, so she happened to be off. As she stepped out of the bathroom, her ankle, that she had strained, gave way, causing her to fall and hit her head into the wardrobe across from the bathroom door, which was open and had a really sharp corner. She was bleeding profusely from her head, and she started to lose consciousness within just a few minutes. She tried to reach for the phone, but her hand was wet, covered in blood, and the phone just kept slipping out of her grasp. That night, Alessandro was 10 minutes late getting back from his shift, and that 10 minutes is likely what cost Gabriella her life. He managed to get the cabin door opened, but it was really hard for him to push the door fully. He couldn't open it enough to enter the room. When he went to see what the obstruction was, he saw part of Gabriella's dress and a huge, dark puddle in front of the wardrobe coming from her head. He also heard a dial tone. Alessandro tried everything, yelling for help. By the time the medical team arrived, it was too late. Gabriella was gone. The next day when the ship arrived in Miami, the ship was swarmed by the FBI, Port Authority, and the coroner's office. The cruise director resigned immediately because he had actually known about the issues that Gabriella was facing, and he didn't step in to even check in if she was okay. The entire production cast disembarked that same day, grief-stricken and broken. Almost the entire entertainment department swapped over that day, and the ship departed a full day later when the investigation was officially closed. They managed to piece together the entire story through a series of security footage, noise complaints, and the letter that Gabriella left. On the back of the letter, she wrote, this is how it feels when you go too far, Alejandro. Forever yours, Gabriella. The cruise director called in to take charge after all of this was Justin Delaney, the guy from head office who is actually training me. Maxime leaned back in his chair. But don't worry, that's just one story. I actually knew her. I was the assistant cruise director of, uh, what was it? Uh, Oceanic Wonder at the time. She and I worked together a few times. Great girl, really unfortunate story. So which cabin was it? Oh, don't worry about that. I, I'm sure we don't use it anymore. I think it was on uh, deck 10. Maxime, my cabin is on deck 10. Okay, let me call Destiny. Now, this is an example of why the guest services manager is so powerful on a ship. She had records to all previous cabin assignments. Hey, Destiny, it's Maxime. Do you remember the case of that dancer and the officer, the one that died in the cabin? Okay, what was the cabin number? 10129. But it's closed, we don't use it, right? Okay. All right. Thanks, girl. Thank you. He turned back to me and said, It's 10129, but uh, no one stays there anymore, so too many complaints from the cabin. Whatever. Maxime, that is my cabin. Like, I'm staying there right now. What? No. Uh, 
I specifically requested for you to be in a guest cabin. Why are you not in a guest cabin? Is this some sort of sick joke or something? No, 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 not at all. Um, look, uh, let's get on with the night. I will find out tomorrow how that happened. I'm so sorry. Now, I tried my best to reset after that story and get back to just focusing on work. Not to mention, I was totally creeped out because this explained that stain on the carpet in front of the wardrobe, all the creepy feelings I was getting in that room, and who knows what else. I don't know if that explained the whole movement of bags, but I don't know. Personally, I don't believe in that sort of stuff, but this case was very specific, and I do believe in positive and negative energies. Nonetheless, I was creeped out. You know that creepy feeling you get, like, in your core? That's where I was at. Anyway, Maxime and I chatted for another 15 minutes. I finished two more martinis after that story, and then I headed to the theater. As we made our way, we were stopped by probably 10 guests who wanted to take a picture with Maxime. It was impressive because he was definitely a celebrity and marketed himself well. The bar was set high. Maxime finished his final show, and honestly, with pretty little fanfare. I was surprised. He didn't say anything to the guests, so as far as they knew, Maxime wasn't going anywhere. By this point, we were both pretty buzzed, and rightfully so, it was a celebratory atmosphere. I wanted to try and keep up with Maxime, but frankly, the guy just deserved a night to let loose, and he wasn't going to be working tomorrow, so who cares? From what I had observed over the past two cruises, he had done an impeccable job, and he went out of his way to show me everything I needed to know. After that final show let out at 9.45pm, Maxime went to the atrium, and he was actually dancing on the bar as part of this final Mardi Gras party that he had introduced. The entertainment team would come and stand on the stage in the atrium, while Maxime would dance along the bar and throw some necklaces into the audience and just have a really nice little mini party. Maxime had made sure to promote the party at the end of the show, so even though it was only going to be 15-20 minutes, it was actually packed. Like, I'm talking at least 500 people crammed into the atrium from the bottom floor to the top floor. And at every single deck, there would be at least 50, 60, 70 guests leaning over the handrails trying to get these necklaces that we were throwing. And I mean, this was all the way up to deck 12. Now, I'd also like to point out, Maxime and I were pretty buzzed still, so it was all the right vibe. Maxime was just beaming. He had done an incredible job of getting people hyped up. And toward the end of the party, as the DJ finished playing the Cupid Shuffle, a cruise line staple, I grabbed the mic. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to acknowledge someone tonight, because after six months at sea, your cruise director, Maxime, is heading home. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a euphoric send-off. A huge round of applause for one last party with Maxime, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, Maxime was officially done. After the party, he told me he had something to show me backstage. As soon as we got behind the stage door and into the cruise director's corner where our microphones were, he actually pushed me up against the wall. I was pretty shocked because it was abrupt and I didn't really expect it. After two weeks of handover and a lot of sexual tension, I didn't really know if anything was going to happen, but I tried to keep it pretty professional. But this was hot. And then I had one of the most memorable kisses I had ever had at sea. The sound of the Caribbean waves in the background because we were just by the entrance door. And this super cute guy kissing me? What could be better? As he pulled away, he smirked. And I said, you wanted this from the start, didn't you? Uh, look, I may have asked Justin if you could come here. I think you'd be a great fit for the ship. And uh, I think you're cute. 
I smiled and looked back at him. Thanks. And you know what? I'm glad you did. The following morning, I woke up in the cabin that I would be moving into later that day after a really eventful night. By 6.30 a.m., I was on the gangway with Maxime, saying goodbye to the outgoing guests. He'd packed already, and he was ready to go at 12 p.m., so I had to ask him any final questions, and we did go back to his cabin to exchange notes. To be honest, I wish we had more time. Like, why couldn't he have made his move way earlier on? But I guess that could have complicated the handover. I don't know, maybe it was a focus thing. But either way, I was thankful for the time that we had together, albeit it was short. As I stood there in the cruise director cabin, Maxime said, so I have to tell you something. I looked up the situation with the cabin and uh, Justin Delaney actually requested you to be in that cabin. He spoke to the crew administrator. I took a breath because that was really messed up. So Justin deliberately asked for me to stay in that creepy room and he had complete knowledge of what had happened in that room because he took over directly after the incident. But that was a later issue because right now my focus had to be on getting to grips with my new job. Having spent almost two weeks with Maxime, the goodbye was tough, especially because of the previous night. I really liked the guy, and who knew, maybe I'd be seeing him again soon, because the cruising world was pretty small. And just like that, I was issued my new name tag and crew ID tag, and I said goodbye to Maxime. I was on my own. Now the nice thing about a long handover is that the majority of questions are answered as time goes on. You observe things and see the intricate details, the planning, and all of the necessary company trainings are usually completed. So by the time that you actually take over, there's nothing pending except for your job itself. No additional trainings, no additional meetings or qualifications or anything like that. You literally can just get your name tag and start working. As soon as I walked Maxime to the gangway, I headed to my cabin to move my bags into the cruise director cabin. Now, the new cruise director cabin used to be called the radio room. It was the hub for all communications for the ship back before satellites were a mainstream thing. In 2002, the room was converted into a regular cabin. Now, funny enough, it didn't even have a traditional room number or even a key. It was just this door that was partially hidden on deck 11, away from other cabins or sources of noise, which was nice. So after you go into this hidden door that just looked like it was part of the wall paneling, you walk into a small foyer, and then there was a door to the production manager's cabin on the right, and then there was another door that led to a small hallway, which then opened into my cabin. The room itself was tiny compared to what the cruise director cabin was, prior to introducing the entertainment director position. The cabin had two full windows, a bed in one corner and a wardrobe on the other, plus a huge desk on the wall opposite to the window. Now on the plus side, I had a huge 50 inch TV that Maxime had managed to put in. I also had my own computer and a personal public address system to address the entire ship. I'd also like to point out that while the view was interesting, it was still something. Uh, I was currently looking at the side of lifeboat number two, but if you peered around it, you could see the ocean, and they did let in a lot of light. Now the bathroom left more to be desired? Frankly, it was just gross. You could tell that it was retrofitted, since the original radio room wouldn't have had a bathroom. There was a ton of missing grout, the floor was sagging, the mirror had a crack and all this mildew on the bottom, the countertop clearly used to be white, but now was brown, especially around the sink. The thing is, this wasn't originally a senior officer cabin. It wasn't cleaned by the senior officer steward, so it wasn't maintained the same way. Nonetheless, I had to get comfortable with it because whether I liked it or not, that was gonna be home for the next six months. 
After unpacking for the better part of an hour and getting all 16 pairs of my shoes put away, I headed down to go and see the ship's guest services manager, Destiny. Now, funny enough, she was actually the guest services manager on my last ship, the Oceanic Joy, and she ended up getting transferred here. As I walked into her office, I saw the silhouette of the hotel director, Daryl Davis. Hey, bud, good to see you. You settling in? He shook my hand firmly. Now, Daryl had kind of a funny face. Everything was weighted to his left side, but it was kind of droopy looking and tired. One of his eyes was a bit lazy, and from what I heard, so was he. Likely that came from decades of working at sea and drinking himself to sleep every night. Getting there, Daryl, thanks. There's a ton of stuff to pick up. Ah, you'll be fine. Anyway, uh, it's uh, time for my nap. Destiny and I exchanged looks as Daryl left the room. Oh my god, he sat here for an hour. He had two coffees, and I'm pretty sure he farted a few times. I immediately looked down and regretted sitting in the same chair that Daryl had just stood up from. So, how do you feel? Honestly, Destiny, I feel prepared. Listen, on this ship, be prepared for the unexpected, because this ship is just cursed. Having come from the Joy, just because it's identical, does not mean that the energy is the same. I'm glad you said that, because Maxime was telling me about this dancer and bridge officer. Oh my god, the death in 10129. Hun, I'm so sorry about that. We never use that cabin unless the ship is completely full. I had no idea you were even in there. To be honest, I assured her it was fine, and I just said, you know what, whatever's happened, happened, and I figured out it was actually head office that put me in there. But look, let's just get started with the job. Because now, the actual duties began. And first up, my inaugural general emergency drill that the entire ship was about to hear. Hey there, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to go ahead and rate our episode. Also, spread the word. Share us on social media and tell your friends. It helps to grow the show and spreads the word. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. As I walked onto the bridge for my first ever general emergency drill, the atmosphere was tense. Various officers were walking around checking things, and as I walked to my console, two men walked past me almost pinning me against one side of the narrow back area of the bridge. As I looked up, I saw it was the captain, and behind him, a taller gentleman who had hair similar to the kind that Ringo Starr had in the 1970s. They were clearly busy chatting, and they just brushed past. Keep in mind at this point, I actually didn't know everybody just yet, and the officers on the bridge and I, well, we had just met in passing, so I thought it was necessary to walk over to the bridge wing and introduce myself. Hi, I'm Kabir, the new cruise director. Uh, I'm actually here to do the emergency drill. A stocky but well-built bald man looked me up and down and said, Hmm, welcome to the bridge. You are very young. I said, Thank you. So about the drill? I looked at the officer's name tag and it said, Silvano, staff captain. He looked past me and said, Captain! The two men who had brushed past me both poked their heads out from behind the bridge divider and said, Which, Which one? one? Uh, the new one. Yes, what do you want? This is Kabir. Kabir, turn around. He is the new cruise director. He wants to know about uh, the drill. Everyone looked me up and down. These three fully grown men just staring at me. It was like a comic series. Okay, uh, Kabir, 30 minutes. Let me get changed. Good to meet you. My name is Captain Ricardo. And um, enjoy. Take a tour of the bridge or do something. I'll be back. And with that, 
the two captains turned on their heels and left. I also had very little to do with the outgoing captain, so I felt kind of bad. I didn't even know his name. Now, I realized also at that time that Silvano was, of course, the staff captain, and that meant that he was second in charge of the ship, and he was still looking at me, kind of just staring. So you're, you're new or, or what? Actually, this is my first day as a cruise director. Hmm, fresh meat. Good luck. Do you want an espresso? Now, fun fact about Kabir, I never decline an espresso, unless it's after 9pm, because then I can't sleep. 30 minutes later, I had gone over a whole tour of the bridge with Silvano, and Captain Ricardo walked onto the bridge. And it's funny what a uniform can do. He looked very captain-like. Okay, Kabir, can you please commence the 30-minute announcement? Now I know you are new, we can guide you a little bit. Thank you, Captain. To be honest, I really appreciated that amount of detail that he was giving me, because most captains would not be so kind. They'd kind of just be like, why don't you know what you're doing? I walked over to the public address console, to the exact same spot that Maxime had shown me where they stored the binder containing all of the announcements. I'd gone through the public address system and queued up the entire ship. Basically, you have to select which zones you'd like to speak to, and then the public address system will go into those zones. So for the purposes of the drill, it was all passenger areas. And then, just like that, it was time. Well, a very good afternoon to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome aboard the Oceanic Euphoria. This is Kabir, your cruise director. This announcement is to inform all passengers and crew that in 30 minutes' time, all passenger facilities will be closed in preparation for the general emergency drill. It felt amazing to finally say, this is your cruise director. It honestly was the moment that I had been waiting for. I made two more follow-up announcements and then sounded the alarms. Now, it's pretty cool knowing that I was the one managing all of that. At that same time, Daryl, the hotel director, was managing all of the guest muster stations down in the ship's atrium. That was referred to as muster control. Bridge, bridge, come in for muster control. Now, since I was conducting the drill, I was responding for the bridge. Go ahead for bridge. Uh, guest flow is good. Uh, please continue to make announcements, and uh, we will advise. Captain Ricardo leaned in and said, He's moving too fast. Tell him to wait a few minutes. Master Control, Captain is saying uh, just to wait a few minutes and then we can continue. A second later, I could hear the captain's phone ring. This is the captain. Yes, Daryl, you are moving too fast. Wait two minutes for traffic to die down. I don't care. I am telling you it will be too busy in the corridors for the guests. Do your job, wait two minutes, and then radio Kabir, and he will continue the drill. Maxime had given me a ton of notes, none of which was going to be managing the drama between the captain and the hotel director. Overall, though, Everything was pretty straightforward. As soon as I finished the drill, I sprinted to my cabin to make an announcement and then get changed for the sail away party. All right, everyone, it is time to begin the fun. Again, this is your cruise director, Kabir, and I'm here to guide you through your holiday. So head on up to the pool deck as we sail away in style and celebrate the beginning to your cruise. See you on deck 11. Within a minute, I changed and raced to the pool deck. Just a couple of minutes later, guests started pouring onto the pool deck, ready to get their holiday started. But there was only one problem. I had no clue what the dances were. So that first sail away party was a little bit of a mess because during my handover I was more focused on knowing the rules, regulations, scheduling, where I needed to be, scripts for the shows that I'd be hosting that 
one thing that fell through the cracks was learning actual dance moves for the sail away party. So I guess it was time for guesswork. The party itself followed a relatively simple structure. Introduce the cast, the youth team, do some dances, and then hand it over to the DJ to take over. Now, this first time, I ended up following the cast, and I had the dance captain, Cheryl, help lead some dances with me on stage, and to be honest, I did my best to copy. I was more of a narrator than anything, but look, everybody still had fun, and the guests were none the wiser, which is always the goal when you work on a cruise ship. Right after that, I headed to my first ever department meeting. However, that specific day, there was a big change. Maxime was still the head of department during my handover. But now, today, with me taking over, the roles were officially split in two. So now, Elliot was in charge as entertainment director. I walked into the theater just as things were getting started. All right, everyone, time to be quiet. So goodbye to Maxime. I'm here now, and I'm the boss. He waited for applause, but everyone just kind of looked at him blinking. So look, you, you guys all did a great job last cruise and I have nothing more to say other than I'm looking forward to working with you and I hope you're looking forward to working for me. He went to leave, which was a bit awkward. Like that was the entire meeting. None of the managers spoke. There was no updates on policy, nothing. And to be honest, I was kind of hoping to say hello to everyone formally, but it was just a weird dynamic from what I was used to. At that point, I just decided to go and say hello to my immediate team, which was the cruise staff. While I still supervised the entertainment on board, the overall administration was going to be done by the entertainment director, therefore meaning that I didn't have to dip my toes in everybody else's business. My job was to make sure that the entertainment on board was conducted properly and that the cruise staff were my direct team. So. Before I actually got to sit down and speak to my team, I was literally two steps from sitting in the same booth as them. Elliot tapped me on the shoulder. Hey there, uh, you got time for a meeting? Sure, no problem, but can I meet with the team first? Uh, no, my office, uh, now please, come on, let's go. So I followed Elliot to his cabin. And his cabin was actually the exact same cabin that Carter had on the Oceanic Joy. Deck 10, forward, officer's cabin split in two with a little foyer. Elliot sat in his office chair, and I took a seat next to him on the couch that happened to be right beside his desk. So listen, I know where you've worked and what you're used to, but I just wanted to clarify, I'm in charge. So I expect to see you out and about mingling with guests as much as possible. I just sort of blinked because from our training, it was explained to me that the roles were a little bit different, that the entertainment director and cruise director were more of a partnership and it was in both of our mutual best interests to get along with each other and to oversee the department together. Because if we didn't, without a harmonized approach, things would fall apart. Another thing that Elliot had mentioned that Maxime had touched upon a little bit during my handover was something called Ocean X. And what that was, was a productivity tracker. Basically, for my direct team, my crew staff would write down their estimated number of guests that they interacted with that day, as well as the amount of time they spent on deck interacting with people, just walking around and mingling. But the flaw in the entire concept was that it was on the individual to report their own hours and numbers, so frankly, you could just write down anything. I saw it as a very corporate way of just creating some sort of paperwork for us to do. This was not something at the top of my priority list. Frankly, I was more concerned with making sure that all of the shows that I was gonna be doing that evening were gonna be running okay, and that my team understood exactly what was expected of them and making sure that their schedules were done. Elliot, at the end of our whole meeting, gave me this dismissive wave. He didn't even say goodbye. He just kind of turned and started working on his computer and then waved me off. The second that I was done there, I went back to the theater because I had to prepare for two of the biggest events of the cruise. The first being the first night's game show, 
my big introduction to the passengers as the cruise director in person, but also the welcome aboard show, arguably the most important show of the cruise because it was going to set the tone. And this was the first one I would ever do. I will never forget my first night as a cruise director. My first stop of the evening was actually bingo of all places. Justin Delaney from head office had sent me an email congratulating me on my first day on the job. He also told me that I needed to be out interacting with guests right away and at all times. And that meant before my first game show. Justin told me to attend the first bingo session of the cruise, to walk around, help sell bingo cards, and do all of that. I actually had arranged to host a trivia game during the selling of bingo cards. The only thing was, there were only 15 people there, despite my promotion by making an announcement prior to bingo sales beginning. By the end of bingo, I only had 30 minutes to go before the beginning of my first game show. So a bit of backstory about these game shows, Ocean Cruise Line had actually purchased the rights to various board games and partnered with a specific toy maker. The result was a ton of fun. There was Connect Four Basketball, Trivial Pursuit, Simon Flash, and they were probably some of the most entertaining, well-produced game shows I've ever seen at sea to this day. The thing was that the scripts were extremely specific and certain words were used as cues for the scoreboards. There was a lot of pressure to make sure that I got the lines right, in addition to hosting a live show and interacting with guests on stage. Just before the show was about to begin, I was standing on the port side bridge wing. One of the production staff came up to me and handed me the cruise director mic. The special thing about the CD microphone is that it's always live in the theater. That way, I can always communicate. There's no delays. And it felt incredible to hold that microphone for the first time knowing that that was mine. The stage itself had huge set pieces on it that audience members would be interacting with depending on the game that they'd be playing. And that first game show went off without a hitch. It was a rush that I had never felt before. A true performance, a true show that people loved. At the end of the show, I stood at the back of the theater so everybody could say hello, kind of see me, and the amount of exposure that I had was crazy. Like people were stopping to take pictures with me just after that first game show. It truly was magic. Right after that game show finished, the production staff started striking the set and preparing for the welcome aboard show. And pretty much I had to do the same. That meant going to my cabin, making a quick change, fixing my hair, making an announcement promoting the Welcome Aboard show, heading back to the theater to greet passengers, and then basically waiting for my turn. The structure of the show was simple. The cast started the show, and they performed for the first 10 minutes. Then I would enter through the theater and get onto the stage. After that, it was figuring out where everybody was from, recognizing important groups that were on board, and then inviting a few guests on to play another game show. It was a really inclusive welcome aboard show. I liked the structure of it, but it didn't really leave a lot of margin for error, and they really wanted me to stick to a script for that particular show. There was something about it that was really wholesome though, and I always enjoyed performing that. I was standing backstage waiting for the welcome aboard show to start when a well-dressed blonde woman came up to me. The weird thing was that she looked to be about my age, which was something that always looked off to me because most crew were older than 22. Hello, I'm Kayla, the port shopping guide. Just wanted to give you the prizes for the Welcome Aboard show. I was actually gobsmacked because it was so odd seeing the person in the job that I had just had. But of course, I should have known because this was something I had to do with Carter on the Oceanic Joy. Thanks, Kayla. It's nice to meet you. So, you're the new guy everybody's been talking about. People have been talking about me? No, no, don't worry. It's only good things. Come down to the crew bar after the show. 
Now, at that point, the crew bar was the furthest thing on my mind, but it would still have been a lot of fun, something to look forward to. Before I knew it, the casts were on, the show was underway, and my entrance was about to happen. I went back into the theater and stood at the back. Basically, I had to walk in from the house and then walk on stage. And something I was really worried about was not remembering a line or not queuing something up, making sure that everything Maxime had done that I was doing. There was a lot of stuff to remember, and this was one of the final activities of a very jam-packed day. So there was a lot of focus that had to happen. But the preparation paid off. Because once again, the show went off without a hitch. Thank goodness. Before I knew it, the show was over and I was standing at the back of the theater de-greeting the show. Then I was running to the atrium, standing on stage and getting people pumped up for Walk the Promenade. I had a train of almost 100 people following me and stopping at different points along the ship's promenade deck. Another interesting thing that I had to get used to was that every single activity at Ocean Cruise Line followed a recipe for success which was an outline for every single activity we did on board. Now first, it was prescribed that we had to do a dance-off with the ship's party band, and that was followed by a stop to the ship's nightclub where the DJ would play a series of songs that were set out by head office, and then we'd end at the comedy club on deck nine aft. Having performed seven times that day on various stages, both inside and out, I was exhausted. In fact, I don't think I've ever been that exhausted in my life. By the time I was done, it was almost past midnight, and that idea of going down to the crew bar was long gone. My cabin was the only place I wanted to be, and that turned out to be a very smart decision, because the following morning was going to be packed with excitement and a healthy dose of drama. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. This is the captain. I am so sorry for waking you up this early. However, I am sure you are wondering why we are back in Miami. Last night, one of our guests had a medical emergency. After consulting with the ship's doctor, we made the difficult decision to return to Miami so the guest could receive the necessary medical treatment. At this time, I have made the difficult decision to have to cancel our port call to Ochos Rios, Jamaica and continue straight on to Grand Cayman. All shore excursion purchases will be refunded to you. And now, to update you on the entertainment on board, here is the cruise director. Okay, everyone, sorry, uh, the cruise director will be speaking to you shortly. Thank you for your attention and I wish you uh, a great morning. That was my morning alarm on what was supposed to be my first full sea day as a cruise director. It was 8 a.m. and I wasn't supposed to be out and about until about 9. So just as I rolled out of bed after hearing that announcement, my phone started buzzing and the screen read Entertainment Director. Hi, Cruise Director. Where are you? I told you about this meeting in the morning. Elliot, I didn't know anything about him. I sent you an email. Go and check your email right now. As I got out of bed and logged into my computer, sure enough, there was an email titled Meeting, 8 a.m. Bridge. But the time that it was sent was 2.36 a.m. Elliot, you sent me an email at 2.36 a.m. How was I supposed to get that? Well, you had to be up early to check it. I'm sorry, I finished at 12 a.m. after the comedy show. Well, look, the captain is furious. We were all briefed about this itinerary change, and you were supposed to be here to make an announcement with him. My heart was pounding, and I felt sick to my stomach. What a terrible way to wake up. The last thing I needed was to be messing up before I had actually started. Now, even more than before, I had a huge day ahead of me. But little did I know, that day would be one I would never forget for my entire career at sea. Plus, 
I'd have to find out exactly why Justin Delaney put me in that creepy cabin. That and so much more next time. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir, your cruise director. Thanks for listening. This is Season 2, Episode 6 of Keeping Afloat, produced in Toronto, Canada. Copyright Cruise Director Kabir 2021. All right, I've got a little joke for you. What's a pirate's favorite letter? You think it's R, but it be the C. (laughs) Okay, all right. They're never going to get better, so I guess we just have to accept that. Now, if you listened right to the end, go ahead and pour yourself a nice cup of water. Talk to you soon. Thanks.